Hello all, uh, this is Raj, uh, uh, your host for uh, Directive Stories. And today we are excited being on a Sunday. Uh, we thought probably we could add more value um, to this afternoon's um, weekend. In fact, we want to uh, let you know how to reduce work-related burnout and how to promote a culture of wellness and resiliency. And today we have our special guest, Charlene Platon, and with our COO, Wamshi. Uh, so Charlene is uh, the Director of Ambulatory Nursing at Stanford Healthcare. Uh, she collaborates with operational and clinical partners. And previously, Charlene was a manager of uh, advanced practice in the Center for Advanced Practice at uh, SHC with a primary role for leading process and quality improvement initiatives to optimize practice for advanced practice providers. So Charlene's passion for technology led her to spearhead the creation of electronic medical records the kind of workflows to accurately measure APP contributions. And uh, she's very passionate about healthcare innovation. And you will hear a lot in the next 30 to 45 minutes. And Charlene is also a founding member of the Technology Research and Innovation Steering Committee at SSC, uh, representing innovation in ambulatory nursing. And uh, she is also one of the 12 inaugural Johnson & Johnson Nurse Innovation Fellows. So as a fellow, uh, Charlene aims to bring nurse-led innovation to the forefront of healthcare and is developing a digital solution to promote the well-being of nurses, clinicians, and organizations across the healthcare industry. So Charlene graduated from the University of California, Ivin, uh, where she received both her Bachelor's of Science and Master of Science in Nursing. And she's a licensed registered nurse and a board-certified family nurse practitioner. So please make sure you uh, join till the end of this um, episode and make sure uh, you engage or probably leave your questions in the comments too. Uh, over to you, Vamshi. Thank you so much. Thank you, Charlene. Thank you, Raj. Thanks um, for yet another going to be a powerful podcast today. You can already feel it. Uh, Charlene is definitely a dear friend and I am privileged to have her on the show as a prelude to our celebration of the upcoming Nurses Week as well. Yes. And um, you know, Charlene says Charlene has done a great work, has, has already um, been a heavy influencer in her space of nursing and not just nursing, but bringing technology and innovation into nursing. So absolutely, it's my pleasure to present to her today. And we'll be talking a lot about nursing, the, the nurse practitioner advanced practice space, as well as the, the need for further more innovation of care models, and more importantly, the need for well-being for our clinicians and what tools and resources can they have uh, at their fingertips to make sure they are taking care of themselves as well. And we'll talk more about Charlene's initiative of uh, a wellness app and, and all those things. So without much further ado, Charlene, welcome to our platform today. Um, Having you really serves our mission of bringing stories of great clinicians and clinician leaders like you out to our network and out to the outer world. Um, so definitely a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you for uh, for being with us. Thank you so much, Mamshi and Raj, for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Great, great, perfect. So we'll we'll dive in. Um, I'm excited for sure. Charlene and I have been talking about multiple things. Um, you know in the in the nursing space as well as in in the well-being space as well as in the whole innovation space so let me start with just asking you charlene um what uh, what motivated you uh, to get into nursing uh, and then eventually become a nurse practitioner i focus on bringing more quality and technology innovation into this space yeah thank you so much for asking vamchi and you know um my background is i actually come from a family of nurses so my mother is a is a, an intensive care unit registered nurse, and I have many cousins and um, aunts and uncles who are in the healthcare industry. And so I was I was kind of born into the healthcare environment, um, and that's how I was introduced into it. I actually have a twin sister who's also a registered nurse, and um, she had been practicing as a psychiatric nurse for uh, uh, quite a bit. And so. 
So that was how I was originally introduced into nursing. And at the time when I was, you know, when I was younger, I actually did want to be an engineer and I actually originally wanted to be in architecture. Um, my father's an engineer, so I think that's where I got that influence from. But then I was really fortunate to be accepted into University of California Irvine's nursing program um, straight from um, high school. And so I, I, was, I just wanted to see what I would think about the profession. And, you know, growing up, I had been in and out of the hospital, you know, visiting my mom in the hospital. And so I was really comfortable with the hospital environment um, already throughout my, you know, childhood and growing up. And so when I went into college and I was in my nursing, um, in my nursing degree, I actually um, started to volunteer for many different opportunities within healthcare, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the impact that I could make with helping uh, with helping patients and helping other uh, care team members, and that really influenced me to continue on that path. and uh, And then I was able to work for a nonprofit organization that specifically helps homeless clients who are discharged from the hospital. And I think from all these different uh, from all these different experiences, I really just felt that I could have a lot of impact in in the healthcare profession. And so when it comes to innovation and quality, I, I really saw the opportunity to impact that space when I was in my first role as an inpatient nurse. And I worked in a community hospital in Los Angeles as an acute care registered nurse in the telemetry unit and critical care extension unit. And so I saw a lot of needs for, um, I saw just a lot of needs in terms of improving our processes and improving the way that we deliver patient care. And I think that having the ability to, you know, to know everything that goes on in the hospital as a nurse really influenced my ability to want to create improvements in that space. And so just in a, sorry, that's a little long-winded, but that's just an overview of my nursing um, journey thus far. No, no, absolutely. That's great. That's great. You know, I think the engineer in you is very much there as you know, you are talking about nursing workflows, bringing innovation, et cetera. Tell us more, more about that, um, Charlene, because, you know, most of the times um, nurses are thinking, okay, they are, they are, they actually see what improvements could happen in the workflows, but I, I have seen it personally. They do not feel the power to actually go uh, influence or impact those workflows. They're always, looking to be at the receiving end of those workloads, going and implementing them. But how did you initiate the journey of looking at those workflows and feeling that you actually had the power and the authority and the knowledge set to go and impact those workflows? Yeah, and that's a great question, Vamshi. And you're absolutely right. Uh, throughout my nursing career, I did, I have noticed that nurses have a lot of great ideas and they absolutely have the capability to impact their work environment and to impact their care delivery and um, the way that we um, provide care for patients. Uh, I do think it, it's been, it's interesting though, because I think when you're a nurse, uh, you can, you know, you feel like you might not be, you know, it's kind of like you feel like you have to have permission to, to do these different things because historically nurses haven't really been involved in these conversations, right? About innovation, about quality improvement, about, um, improvements of, of our models of care. And for example, when I was a bedside nurse, um, you know, I was the first, uh, I was the first staff nurse that was included in our throughput committee. And, and that was really eye opening for me because it just let me know, you know, nurses have not historically really been part of these conversations. And so when we talk about those things, it could be hard for a nurse to picture themselves as part of those different, um, um, as part of those different aspects of healthcare, because it's, it's not something that we've been historically a part of. And so, um, you know, that's just um, some insight there, but um, nurses who are my colleagues would also say to me, like, you know, they'd have great ideas and they would say, oh, I don't, you know, I don't think this is gonna go anywhere, you know? So they wouldn't actually tell anyone about these amazing, amazing ideas. And I, could you imagine how different healthcare would look like today if we had all the ideas from nurses and we made them yeah. into realities? It would be a very, very different environment. and. I was really fortunate because throughout my nursing career, I had been um, really grateful to have supportive managers uh, who were actually really open-minded and actually gave me the opportunity to listen to my innovations and to give it a shot. And I think that makes all the difference because if you're in 
an organization where the managers are not exactly supportive of your ideas and they don't have a platform for you, then it's really hard to actually, you know, move forward with a lot of that. And you could feel discouraged. So that that I think will block a lot of nurses from moving on, even if they have a great idea. No, that's a great point. Absolutely. Um, you know, I proudly claim that I've been trained by nurses. You know, my journey into healthcare started with um, a lot of things, but more importantly, if I have to reminisce on one thing, which was being a part of running a staffing office at a hospital and um, dealing directly with those directors of nursing, nursing managers, and the trust that the CNO had in us to run the staffing office like an engineer would run it like a data person would run it. I, so I probably say I've been trained by nurses and some of the simple ideas that the nursing managers had in order to be more proactive or predictive about the whole workflows really worked well with respect to the staffing and patient flow. So having right. said that, so I think it's a great point that you bring up, which is nurses having seat at the table is so important to drive the right qualities, to drive the right investments into qualities and outcomes. You've been on the inpatient side and now you're on the ambulatory care side. You've been a nurse and a nurse practitioner. So, you know, both the nursing side and the provider side. So is there a big difference, uh, Charlene, on um, how the care redesign, so as to call it the care model redesign has to be approached by nurses on the inpatient side and the ambulatory side, especially the reason why I, you know, we can brainstorm about it more. The reason why I ask is I think the ambulatory side has seen a big change because of COVID, you know, how the clinics are operating now versus how the clinics operated before. I think it's 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 night and day. So is there a big difference in how nurses have to approach workflows on the ambulatory side, how to bring innovation there and how to bring innovation into the inpatient side workflows? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great question because when we think about nursing, immediately you think about nurses in, in a hospital. So you don't actually think that there's a lot of nurses in the ambulatory care space. But there, you know, in the in recent years, there has been more of a shift of nurses in the outpatient space. We know that healthcare is moving towards an outpatient landscape. And so this is in the form of home health. This is in the form of clinics. And then, of course, with COVID-19, there's been nurses running a lot of our COVID testing sites, running a lot of our COVID vaccination sites, and um, of course, being in, um, being part of telehealth programs and initiatives. And so um, we are now seeing a lot more nurses in the outpatient space and for different roles. Uh, mm -hmm. It's interesting because since nurses have been in the inpatient side for far longer than the outpatient side, they're you know, the inpatient side, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward um, what the nurse can do and what they, what they aren't able to do within their scope of practice. For outpatient, it's a little bit, there's a little bit more gray area because it's still evolving and there's still a lot of different things that we're figuring out in terms of scope of practice, what that looks like for nurses. And this is the work that we're doing at Stanford Healthcare is trying to define and help to understand and um, have some more clarity for what nurses can do because there's various different types of nursing roles too in the outpatient mm -hmm. space. And, you know, you have um, clinical nurses, but you also have nurse coordinators that are helping more with care coordination and triaging for mm -hmm. clinic visits. And then you also have a lot more, you might see more um, LVNs, but you might also see nurse practitioners in the outpatient space. Although they do have nurse practitioners in the inpatient space too, but it's, um, you know, it's just uh, a lot of different roles to consider when you're looking at the care team models. And when it comes to innovation, I do think that the approach is a little different because for innovation in the inpatient space, it's, you know, there's, there's um, I would say that there's a lot more um, opportunities to bring forward your idea potentially in the inpatient space because there is so much of more, I would say the structure has been defined for a longer time. Um, in the outpatient space, since it's, um, since there is still more clarity and there's still more involvement in that space for nurses, it might be a little bit harder to navigate, you know, where, where can the nurse help to innovate? Um, what, what kinds of programs can they be in charge of? What different things can they take ownership of? So that might be a little bit more challenging to understand. Um, but I would absolutely say that there was, there's room for innovation and improvement all across the board, especially with COVID-19. And I, you know, I've personally been seeing, innovation, inpatient and outpatient from all care team members, including nurses in all these spaces. 
great, great, great point. No, absolutely. I think I think you bring up a good point, which is there are so many places where nurses can still play an active role in the evolution of the roles and responsibilities. Absolutely, you know, the way we are seeing um, some of the evolution as well is now there are nurses, RNs, and LVNs in the remote monitoring space, you know, the clinical services for remote monitoring, the teletriaging for the ambulatory care. Um, and we are seeing a lot of nurses now take part in the command center space, you know, the virtual command center spaces, et cetera. So I think there is a lot of um, that evolution happening. And as you know, Charlene, we have a big network of nurses as a tech-enabled staffing company, which is, you know, we are trying our right. best to make sure staffing and recruitment is a lot more happier and convenient by connecting clinicians directly with the employers through that marketplace. We have a lot of um, nurses in our network. I, you know, as they look up to you as somebody who has done so much in this field and has become a leader in this field, has grown from a nurse to a nurse practitioner and now director of operations, et cetera. And as the space itself is evolving, how do you, what advice do you have for those nurses, you know, who want to become leaders like you, who want to kind of really make sure they're part of the evolution as well. They're not left behind doing you know, the same traditional things. What advice, you know, probably from your own personal experiences of what influenced you uh, into growing in your career, what advice would you give to those nurses to make sure they're keeping up with this evolution? Yeah, thank you, Vamshi. And I would say that the advice I have for nurses is to, um, well, first and foremost, I want to say that all nurses are capable of leaders and they actually are leaders, um, even if not in the traditional sense that you might think about, you know, someone who is a leader with like a suit on or anything like that, but nurses are absolutely leaders and nurses are all innovators as well. And, you know, I would say, I would say that nurses are some of the most creative and resourceful people in the healthcare mm -hmm. industry. And I've actually been, I've been told by another um, entrepreneur that nurses are really great entrepreneurs too, because they're, because of those qualities and they, they do their best to get things done. They know exactly what needs to be done. They understand the problems better than anyone. So I would reassure nurses that they are experts and they want them to own that and to own the fact that they are innovators, they are leaders, they are experts. And I think when they take on that identity, it becomes a lot easier for them to position themselves in these conversations and to actually um, be a part of all these different meetings in which they could be at the decision-making table. Um, one thing I would suggest just from my own experience is if you have a good idea, you know, share that with others. Um, I would say, you know, it might be it might be intimidating, but one of the things that I did when I was a bedside nurse to try to get support behind an idea I had was I would do different research and I would see, you know, hey, like this sounds like there's this problem that I've identified. It's it's a problem because of X, Y, and Z, and this is how it's impacting our you know our care delivery. And and then when you research, you know, what solutions are out there currently. So I would. I would actually do a literature search. I would see what's out there, um, what's evidence-based and what's not. And then I would actually create like a little proposal um, of a summary of my findings. And, you know, um, in nursing, we have something called an SBAR and that's situation, background, assessment, and recommendation. And that's how we communicate with a lot of our care team members when there's something that we see in terms of an issue that's identified for patient care. But we could absolutely apply the SBAR method to innovation too. And this is how we should think about innovation if we want to propose it to different managers and different leaders because um, it's a really nice format but it also shows that you did your research and it shows that you've been really thoughtful about it because I think where the mistake could be is if a nurse has a great idea they might not um, back it up with some of these other details that are really necessary to show the value of this idea that you have so I would absolutely say before you um, come to a leader with an idea you have you know, think of it like an S bar and have that, have that, um, have that information ready. And then your chances of support will likely be uh, increased um, if you, if you have some of that information. And that's what's always worked for me um, when I was um, working at the bedside up until now. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. I've seen the S bar methodology live in action <laughs> across various health systems, the nursing leaders using it. <laughs> yeah. It works beautifully. I think it's a, it's a simple, effective way of bringing about positive change and impact. Totally. And for all of our audience and viewers out there, you, know, you can see how passionate Charlene is about nurses 
as change makers, nurses as innovators, and how how simple and and uh, powerful a statement it is that nurses are the people who actually get it done. It's simple. They are the get it done officers of the day to day care work. So, absolutely, when an idea has to go into implementation, I think nurses being a part of it to strategically decide what are the best ideas and to create implementation plans and to create mechanisms using SBAR methodologies, etc. I think they are the they are in a best position to do that. Um, absolutely, I think that's that's well said, um, Charlene. Now, that's actually a nice segue into my uh, next uh, question slash the discussion with you, which is you also create you're also stepping into uh, the area of making sure nurses and clinicians in general have resources to take care of themselves, which more than ever has become more apparent and more obvious and more needed in the last year or so. So tell us more about it. I mean, for nurses to continue to be the change makers, uh, you know, for uh, nurses and nurse practitioners and advanced practice providers to continue to be the innovators of how healthcare becomes more happier and more convenient and accessible for people, there is a huge need for them to take care of themselves. There is a huge need for them to have resources so that their care can start within and then, then they can be available to care for others. So tell us more about your this initiative. We're super excited to talk about it. And frankly, I'm personally excited to see how I can help in that. Yeah, thank you so much, Bamshi. And I do think that in terms of when it comes to well-being in the healthcare industry, there's a lot of opportunities for improvement. Uh, I'm sure that you're familiar with this as well, Vamshi. And and you know when um, and you know it's interesting because burnout in in the healthcare industry has been well documented since you know decades ago, since the 1970s or probably earlier. And it wasn't until now that there has been so much more focus and momentum on opportunities to improve the well-being of nurses and other healthcare professionals because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And although that there had been other, um, you know, other movements towards this, I think that there hasn't really been as much momentum as what we've seen with the pandemic, because of course nurses have really been in the limelight. They've really been in the mm -hmm. spotlight, and and now all eyes are on nurses and physicians and other healthcare practitioners. And so we are seeing in real time how what the impact is of not helping our healthcare practitioners because they end up leaving the profession. They end up being really exhausted. And I mean, we we are turning up, we have, we had a problem with this for so long and we just exacerbated it. So now mm -hmm. it's, it's tenfold. And I mean, there's a lot of reasons for this, but, um, but in terms of what we're doing, you know, um, you know, uh, last year, May 2020, that uh, we we joined the um, COVID-19 Nurse Hack for Health virtual hackathon, and this is a hackathon that was sponsored by, and collaboration with Johnson and Johnson, Microsoft, DevUp Conference, and Sanciel, which is an innovation uh, nursing society. And mm -hmm. through this through this competition, there was a track for self care and resiliency. So that's, you know, that was the team, that was a track that I joined. I created a team with another nurse entrepreneur. And then we were really fortunate to, to win that track with our idea, which ultimately became Wellnurse app. And I think it was just so great to see how many people are passionate about it because as nurses, you know, firsthand how, how Im impactful it is to be when you're burnt out in your profession and what it can do for yourself and your patients. Um, I've been burnt out myself several times throughout my career in my different positions. And it's really tough because, you know, the resources are not immediately available or you may not know about it. And so there's so many opportunities to help um, in this space. But that was for all those reasons. Those were all main drivers for why I decided to pursue this app. Perfect. Perfect. Great. No, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, as we go around and interact with a lot of our clinicians, you know, we hear these stories all the time. Uh, especially with um, uh, a pandemic that has impacted how our healthcare system delivery should look like and what kind of stress and risks does our current healthcare have and how our frontline workers have really continued to give us the hope that we will prevail. Uh, it has become much more apparent that their care is a lot more needed than ever before. So yeah. is, uh, is, is there... In a 
a guide or a go-to resources as a part of your initiative, Charlene? So how does your initiative work? Is it, uh, you know, I see the website, it's an app, et cetera, but could you give us a little more information on how does the initiative work? Is there, is there a dynamic interactive content that is being delivered uh, to the nurses based on their situations? Give us uh, a little preview of um, what is to come and what people should do to become a part of the beta test. Yeah, thank you so much, Famshi, and I really appreciate your interest. Um, and you know, we have we do have an app to start, and we have so many more plans for what we could do in the future. But um, where we do plan to start is with our with our app software. So, so individually, if a nurse is on our app, we do have a few features, a few main features that they could interact with, and the main one is the check-in feature. And so, and this is our website, so you could learn more. Um, but our check-in feature actually allows the nurse to do a quick assessment of how they're feeling overall with their physical, mental health. And then um, once they complete it, it's a really simple process. And once they complete it, they'll be matched with a self-care activity that they could perform mm -hmm. to help them, such as a meditation or gratitude activity, or uh, you know, the result is really based on how they enter their assessment. And so, so with that, um, that is really meant to prompt the nurse to first and foremost check in with how they're doing because when you're working so much in a fast-paced industry and when you're when you're involved with something as huge as a pandemic and as exhausting as a pandemic, you don't always stop to just check in with yourself and how you're doing. Right. And so we're first and foremost um, having the nurse practice this this check in because it's you know, we're so focused on serving others that a lot of times we don't take that time to serve ourselves and see what we need. Um, and so this is first and foremost an educational platform too, just to to tell them like, hey, these are um, self-care activities that you could use that will be helpful for you. Um, but another feature that we offer is a community platform. And so this community platform allows nurses to interact with other nurses in terms of their um, their journeys with self-care, and really the goal is to provide a productive but safe space for nurses to mm. share and express themselves because we know that this platform doesn't typically exist, um, not that I have seen from my own experience, and I can't speak on everyone's experience, but just from, from what I know personally, there are so many more opportunities that we have to have this type of a community, and and um, Ultimately, we want to provide that for nurses through this app. So those are the two main features. And, and you can see this is all of us. Uh, this, these are our co-founders and myself. And we are comprised of three nurses, including myself and our developer. So all of us come from different backgrounds of nursing. And, um, but we all are really passionate about this, about this drive to revolutionize um, well-being in nursing and in healthcare because it is such a need. And uh, and I could see I could see some people already saying like, oh, the pandemic is is going away. This isn't really an issue anymore, but this is going to be an issue for decades to come. I could tell you that. Absolutely. Great, great. Well, for sure, from our side, from direct shift side, who you know, we, we interact with clinicians every day and you know, healthcare systems. Definitely, we wish you all the best because we know how deep rooted these issues are. We have, we have seen them. We have felt them. We have helped our clinicians try to tackle them. And I could vouch for there are not many resources out there that are easily accessible like your app might provide. So absolutely all the best for that. Um, that triggers a thought in my brain, uh, Charlene, based on what you just said, which is, you know, you've done a lot of work in um, uh, practice innovation with respect to advanced practice, how to measure the contribution of advanced practice correctly so that you can make the case, evidence-based case out there that increase in investment in advanced practice can actually improve access, can create better uh, care models, can create better skill mix models, etc. So um, we have seen sometimes the stress is also because of the workflows and because of the actual work culture, you know, especially when, um, you know, nurses and nurse practitioners, their collaboration with physicians and vice versa, or their collaboration overall with administrators, etc. So when when nurses and nurse practitioners and you know the frontline workers are going through, let's say, uh, workplace work culture issues uh, with respect to how their work is perceived, how their work is measured, how their work is treated, how they themselves are treated, etc. And if that, if any time that causes bigger burnout or stresses, what is what in your 
leadership position do you recommend to such situations how do those situations have to change what resources should they have to really utilize in order to make sure they are contributing to improving those work cultures yeah it's an important question and you know when it comes to advanced practice it's also still fairly fairly new i think in in a lot of healthcare systems mm-hmm. to employ an advanced practice provider which includes nurse practitioners physician assistants it also includes clinical nurse specialists and certified registered nurse anesthetists mm-hmm. and and because of that it could be really hard to understand what exactly the, is the value that they contribute and how to measure that and you know historically we have been focused on physician productivity you know we have um rvus relative value units that you use to measure physician productivity but we don't have such uh, a measure or a benchmark or a national tool to do the same for advanced practice providers and so at Stanford Healthcare we we measured we quantified the work and the um productivity of the APPs or advanced practice providers through our own um through our own electronic medical record through epic we were able to create our own codes to um have the APPs measure what it is that they're doing and quantify the work that they're doing and starting there with data is really powerful because a lot of mm-hmm. the times people might make assumptions about what it is that their providers are doing when in actuality they're they might see oh they're doing abc but in actuality they're doing a b c d e f g h you know all that all yeah. that stuff so having the data first and foremost and this also goes for um ambulatory nurses which is what i'm working on currently um you know this is really important information to have and being transparent with that is is all the more important for healthcare leadership so that, that they could understand you know in the absence of a productivity tool like RVUs for these different healthcare um providers how can we creatively and effectively measure the contributions that they make so i would invite different healthcare leaders when they're employing um these different healthcare practitioners to be creative and think about how they could capture that work and you know there is still a lot of opportunity to do that on a national level um but in the meantime i think organizations can really do that specifically within their own institutions and um that will help because once you fully understand what it is that your practitioners are doing what they have to offer and what their scope of practice is then you could fully utilize them and optimize their practice and in their care delivery and until that's done it could be really easy for an advanced practice provider to feel like they're not being um valued because they're not fully understood. So um so there's a lot of work that could be done in that space. That's a great point, Charlene, and I think that space is very much evolving. Like you said, very many organizations are at the beginning stages of designing how advanced practice could be employed effectively. Uh mm-hmm. and we all agree, I mean most of us agree that that is needed to deal with or in code the shortage of clinicians and physicians that we all talk about i think advanced practice fills a very very needed gap having said that like you said without the right data foundation to measure the efficacy of it the impact of it and you know the and to have a kpi driven culture which a lot of other um, environments have already had i uh, i think that will be a challenge that organizations have to solve so it's really impressive that you have thought about it you have started to do some work on it and um you know more and more i'm 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 able to explore or identify so many areas that i can like go on and on with you and brainstorm and <laughs> stuff because a lot of this productivity innovations metrics innovations has been close to me as well i started a lot of um uh, work in healthcare space there and one thing that i have um always seen as an area of challenge also is how do we make sure this data and these metrics are easily digestible understandable and accessible to those nurses and the frontline people and the managers and leaders so i have always seen organizations create so much data and metrics and push it out but nobody really yeah. focuses much on like what does those mean to these people right how to translate that into an understanding and action any thoughts there charlene and as as you've done a lot of work in that space what what techniques have you used to make sure that happens yeah it's a great question and and you're right there's often i guess you could say top down approaches to how we think about these different metrics and the data points that we focus on but i but i do think there's a lot of opportunity for bottom up um discussions mm-hmm. and 
bottom-up collaboration. And what we had done at Stanford was we had actually involved a lot of these um, advanced practice providers and now doing the same for ambulatory nurses in order to understand more of, of their role, their scope, what they've done, um, what they haven't done within their practices and having them as part of, you know, kind of going back to the former con uh, the former topics we spoke to was having them part of the decision-making table and having them part of the conversations because I think that that's still something that is not very, um, uh, you know, there, there's still opportunity for that because a lot of the times you won't, you may not see these providers in these meetings with these stakeholders. And so I absolutely think that, th that if they are involved and if you hear their voices and if you truly hear from them directly, they have great ideas too that you may not consider um, because they're the ones who are living and breathing in this role and they're the ones on the front lines. And so I think that that's a really simple way to, number one, not only get their buy-in, but number two, have them feel more valued. And then number three, to fully understand what it is that they offer and, and understand more ideas that could be helpful. Absolutely. No, that's, that's well said. You know, it always resonates in my ears. One of my mentors said, if it is not with them, it's not for them. So make right. sure we create <laughs> solutions with them, involving them, getting their ideas, so that they are for them and most of the times top-down approaches do not do that uh, and um, this borrowing solutions from other places which they are, are perceived as working and then trying to create a top-down approach has, you know has never worked um, absolutely so so you know in summary i think it all also goes back to how do the nurses the frontline workers and nurse managers nurse practitioners or advanced practice providers get a seat at the table to design some of these strategies, you know, to, to make sure um, if they're part of the KPI-driven culture, they're part of the evolution, et cetera, et cetera. So um, with that as a, as a bottom line, I would want to ask you a, a more personal question, which is how do you keep yourself motivated? You know, what really uh, are, do you have influencers, mentors? Do you utilize leadership coaching? How do you keep yourself motivated and you know, energized to do these kinds of work, the practice work, the administrative work, the metrics work, a lot of the work that you do, you know, you are a heavy producer of work. I can already see that. How do you keep yourself motivated and uh, really up to date with what's going on there? And what, what, what methodologies do you use to continue to keep and keep yourself energized? Yeah, it's a great question, and and I think that's always been an evolving uh, question for myself, <laughs> that, especially during this pandemic. Stay with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm always open to suggestions. By the way, so if anyone is listening out there and they have suggestions, please drop it in the comments. Um, but for me personally, I'm glad that you mentioned coaching because I'm a huge, huge fan of coaching and mentorship, and I always have mentors. Um, throughout throughout my whole um, nursing career, I've always had different mentors. Um, in all the different stages. So when I was a bedside nurse, I had mentors uh, and, and not just in my organization and different groups. And I would find these different mentors through the professional organizations that I've been a part of. So I'm part of the Association of California Nurse Leaders. I found so many mentors there for leadership in particular. Um, but then when it comes to coaching, um, it's funny because, you know, with the pandemic, I had a lot more time this past year to look inward and to actually reflect on what is what is it that I need to grow and develop and how can I balance all this and what, what will keep me engaged? And so I actually, I, I was able to have a, a leadership coach. Um, so I had a leadership coach. I have an entrepreneurship coach. Um, I also have a life coach. <laughs> so, so I actually had throughout this pandemic, I've, I've had three separate coaches for these three different um, aspects of my life and in my career. And it's been a game changer. Um, mm. Just having someone who can help you with these different aspects uh, makes all the difference and just having the support makes you feel like this is actually doable and this they give you so much more to think about and so many more resources that you just never knew about and just having this world expanded is is just so great so i would really encourage everyone who might be feeling a block in their career to consider either having a mentor or a coach and and you and you know even for life coaching it's been so, such a game changer just helping me to reframe my mindset because I think that in general, our automatic uh, mindset might be like a little bit more negative, like, oh, you know, especially with all the things that we've been going through, right? Recently, it's been a lot. So 
Yeah. So um, even just having a life coach to help to reframe your mindset, to have a more optimistic or productive mindset has been a really big way that I've been able to move forward a lot, a lot of the work that I'm doing here. But in terms of the entrepreneurship, just being with my team, uh, my team who's with me in um, supporting nursing well-being, it's really powerful to be surrounded by a group that has um, like-minded passions. Um, so it's been a game changer to have my co-founders and we're all driven by this mission. And now we have our open beta test that's launching on May 6th. And, and so I think it's just really great to see, to just keep note of all the progress that you are making and not focus so much on all the negatives, but, but, you know, that's good information to keep in mind. But if you focus on your successes, I feel like that's so much more encouraging. Um, you know, learn from your, um, learn from the things that, that didn't work before. But then if you focus on what is working as well, um, continuing to reflect on that and continuing to pursue that and continuing to actually see, wow, I've really come far, um, is a really, really big boost um, for, for um, having you continue to move on. Absolutely. That's a great point. Especially, I would like to underscore the importance of coaching, mentoring, and seeking that help to make sure you don't feel the block in the career. That's such an important point. I, I can think of one small story. I was working at a health system, you know, I was consulting with them, you know, helping them deploy some of these staffing models, etc. And one of their directors of operations, and the thing, I think she was the director of MedSource Teleoperations back then, she always used to ask me, um, Mamshi, I think um, I want to be a CNO at some point, you know, very soon. Um, so you're going to be my mentor and to tell me what what else is our CNO doing that I may not be doing, you know, especially with respect to quantitative metrics and creating a KPI-driven culture. This, their CNO was heavily invested in that. And she's like, you know, you need to mentor me. And I'm like, are you sure you want me to mentor you in that? And she's like, absolutely, because I'm also their, their vendor. Like I was their consultant. And she's like, yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, we did a lot of good work together. We also kind of, as a part of that mentorship, we also uh, redesigned some of their KPIs, their data models, and some of their operations all went good. And a couple of years ago, I got a LinkedIn notification that she actually became a CNO at, a, at oh, another wow. health system. And wow. I was like, you know, congratulations, <laughs> great for you, I'm so happy. And she's like, yeah, I mean, all the work that we did together, you know, has helped me. So bottom line is that the cognizant, the deliberate approach to, to seeking mentorship in specific areas where, you know, I think you need help or going and talking to more, more people and learning from that and, you know, constantly seeking that help is, is very much important to progress in career, especially where organizations, in some organizations where, quote unquote, clinical ladders or administrative ladders may not be as well-defined as in other organizations, it becomes that much more important, you know, as, as you very well pointed that people have to take that responsibility. Um, so that was, that was a story that came to my mind when you said, when you talked about effective coaching and mentorship, absolutely. Um, and I'm so glad that your app, which, you know, eventually could, could transform into multiple things. Um, Charlene is launching to celebrate the upcoming nurses week. Uh, I think it's going to be great uh, for sure because development starts from taking care of oneself. And um, you know, your app will definitely is going to provide those resources for people. So again, for all viewers out there, you know, Charlene and I can go on and on. Frankly, I can go on and on discussing multiple <laughs> topics with her and this Sunday will never end. Having said that, you know, it, it, it's been a pleasure having her. You can all see uh, the kind of great combination of the nursing practice, the innovation, the data and operations that she is and how she actually keeps up with the knowledge and the motivation and how she delivers the work and what she has been up to. So uh, Charlene, so thankful for having you here. Any last words on uh, how we are going to celebrate the Nurses Week or any observations, recommendations out there to our network? Yeah, thank you so much, Mamshi. And it's so great to talk with you. I really had a great conversation with you today. And I would just say, um, if you are interested in learning more about what we're doing for our app and for um, promoting self-care and resiliency for either yourself or the nurses in your organization, um, please consider visiting us on our website. And, and they've showed um, the website link before, but you could visit us at wellnurseapp.com. Uh, and so we have, if you're interested in joining our beta test, there is a link there. 
um, that says join beta test. And so you could click that and we'll reach out to you in terms of how you could download the app. Um, and I think that it's a great, you know, a great way to have us all collaborate and see how we could promote um, self-care for nurses because this is um, a great time to consider that for nurses. And in general for, um, for Nurses Week, I would say, you know, it's, it's such an important time to recognize nurses right now and just to recognize healthcare professionals. Um, Hospital Week is also um, around the same time as Nurses Week, right. so it's, it's yep. really a, a great time to recognize all the different healthcare professionals who have been um, working so hard. And, and I would just say, um, please remember to um, keep everyone engaged and, and to think about their ideas that they have and, and just to celebrate them because they really deserve it. And, you know, not just during this one week or two weeks, but during the, the rest of the year and the years to come. So I would just say it's really important to understand the value that everyone brings to the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for reminding us about, about celebrating our healthcare professionals uh, and especially those two upcoming weeks. Thank you so much. Um, Charlene, thank you so much for being a part of our platform. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing, especially, you know, you have a great day job responsibility and on top of it, you know, you're doing a lot of these <laughs> other things that is going to serve the entire healthcare community uh, in a way that is very much needed right now. So thank you for all of that. Thank you for your leadership. And I really look forward to continuing to collaborate with you and um, helping in whichever way we can. Yeah, likewise, Vamshi, thank you for all that you and your team at Directions is doing. I think you also feel a huge need, and we've talked about this before, but you feel a huge need in the healthcare system. So really appreciate everything that you're all doing and I'm just so appreciative to be part of this um, conversation today. And I look forward to continuing our collaborations in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Raj, over to you. Thank you. Thank you, Charlene Platon. Well, uh, the last 45 minutes uh, is like thundering or storming. Uh, I would say uh, you, uh, you you are a magnet, a magnetic personality for all the nurses and for all the people who would love to uh, be out there in the nurse leadership. Again, people who are going to celebrate Nurse Week for this century. Um, I just have one last question. Uh, I'll, I'll just keep it to one question. Um, I don't know how you celebrated in the last decade, 2020 to 2020, like last 10 years. Um, I don't know if there were any songs or poems or um, probably there could be dances out there, but I'd seen lots of colorful <laughs> pictures of Stanford Healthcare where mm -hmm. uh, you talking, uh, addressing hundreds of nurses out there. Oh. Probably that's your LinkedIn picture, but <laughs> is there any song or poem which you'd like to recite or any song which you'd like to sing? Oh gosh. I mean, I love to sing karaoke, <laughs> but I don't, uh, maybe, maybe I could record something in the future for a song, <laughs> okay. but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would just, um, you know, I would just want to say like, um, personally, I'm just so grateful for, for all the nurses out there and, and, um, you know, there's just so much, I've been so grateful more grateful than I've ever felt before just in this past pandemic and um, seeing everyone together. It, that's another thing that really motivates me. Um, and so I think that that's, that's such great inspiration. And, and, you know, if there, um, you know, if there's any other opportunities for, for nurses to work together, I think that's great. And um, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't think of a song. Right now. <laughs> so, Char Charlene, I, I, I would take this opportunity to share with you um, a small story and a poem actually. I was I was working with a CNO uh, in California, their health system, and and you know I think we were celebrating the Nurses Week, and I actually wrote to her, and we connected at a very personal level as well. I wrote to her saying, "Thank you so much for all the learnings, and you know glad to be a part of your Nurses Week." There was a gala, and I was a part of it, and I wrote to her saying, "Every time I think of nursing profession, one a couple lines that come to my mind," and I told her, and she was deeply moved by it. Today we are great friends, um, and the couple lines that came to my mind suddenly during that time were. Thinking about nursing profession, I think it's very relevant, which is uh, somebody once wrote, if you could ever be a sea, I would be a boat. I would travel without the fear of sinking for you would keep me afloat. Hmm. I think that is so true for nursing profession because nurses are the ones that really keep us afloat, you know, whenever there are you know, these, these kinds of healthcare issues. So um, that uh, you know, always sticks in my heart so deeply. Uh, I think that is so true for nursing profession. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's a great, I'll have to ask you for the, that poem later, but that's, that's great. And I think that really captures nursing so beautifully and, and overall the healthcare profession, because there's a reason why we've all went into healthcare. And I think first and foremost is to help um, support others. And, and so I think that's beautiful. And I think it, it really is um, a great way to think about nurses and to think about healthcare. Absolutely. Thanks great. Thanks Raj, for sure, we will get uh, Charlene for us uh, in our next show. Yeah, that's Yay. right. Probably the first anniversary of Wellness app. Uh, by probably <laughs> we can circle back in 2020 for the first anniversary celebrations. Um, hope Charlene remembers uh, again, probably after 90 days or after meeting your goals for off yearly. Um, so can't wait for joining all the celebrations. Again, we would like to thank Kavita uh, Kavita Madhuri Tumluru. Uh, so thanks so much for all the work-related stress and burnout. Uh, it has never been more real than now after we've been through the waves of COVID-19 pandemic. So everybody. So there were... Uh, I yeah, just one point, uh, one point, Raj. Dr. Tumluru, who, who is one of our viewers today, who wrote that note uh, about burnout is more real than ever before. Yeah, she has been one of our uh, clinical advisors and um, also a great friend of the company. Uh, it's it, it's uh, it's great that she wrote, and I think more than a lot of people, she appreciates what this means. So, again, on her behalf as well, uh, Charlene, thank you for being a part of this show, as well as thank you for the work that you do. Yeah, of and, course. Uh huh. Thank you all. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. P please go ahead, Charlene. Um, I mean, this being a Sunday, as Wamshi said, we can give you a couple of more hours, or probably we can do it until six in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, yeah. we can speak about wellness app, uh, the kind of struggles which you had, or probably you can go on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. Oh no, 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 that's great, and I really appreciate you all. I'm so glad that um, that you're all so um, engaged and interested when it comes to supporting our our nurses and supporting the well-being of our healthcare providers and practitioners. Um, I think it's so important, and I, I'm really excited to see how. Um, how healthcare will look like in, in the next few years, because I think it, it will look really different. And I think that there will be um, so much more of a focus now on um, the wellness and well-being of our healthcare team members. So I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. Great. And you will be able to catch this uh, episode again on through Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. And please do share in your feedback um, uh, about how you felt uh, about this particular episode. Thank you so much, Charlene, and thank you, Wamshi. Um, thank you for everybody who's going to uh, hit the replay or probably watch the snippets of this through social media. And we'll catch you with another episode of Direct Shift Stories very soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye. Thank you.